So the listeners who know me personally have asked me why I don't talk about business on BU. Well, the reason is because it just didn't feel right. I was following my gut, my heart, and my intuition. And now I know that the time is now. So I'm really, really happy about a decision that we made at BU. And that is to create a spinoff channel. So if you go over to bu.supercast.tech, you will discover BU in business. On that platform, I will share all things sales, marketing, team building, attraction marketing, building a business without sacrificing your integrity, your values, your energy, and yourself. I did it the wrong way for a lot of years. I was the queen of hustle and grind. And yes, I did build a very substantial business that I was proud of, but it came at a huge cost. And a lot of women are out there building businesses, sacrificing themselves. I'm excited to share with you what I learned and the evidence I have to prove that that new way of building business as myself, the real version of myself, without being cookie cutter, without sacrificing what really made sense to me in my heart, how that brought me more growth and more income than I had ever made with so much less effort. I've lived through both the before and the after, and I'm excited to teach you everything that I figured out the hard way. I will save you years and years of mistakes and painful lessons. And I realize that now is the time to do that. I'm truly, truly, truly all in with this. And I can't wait to get into that with you and go as deep as you want to go. You'll be able to interact with me. You'll be able to make suggestions about episodes, ask me questions. And I think you're going to be very refreshed by what you see over there. It's not what you're seeing everywhere on social media and in other programs. I'm going to be so real and raw and honest with you. And my greatest joy is going to be empowering women to be hugely successful without feeling drained, without feeling that relationships are strained, and without feeling like there's nothing left for you. There's a better way to build. And I'm going to show you how. So meet me over on Supercast and we'll get started together. There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. 
And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hey everyone, so I'm recording this episode one day shy of three weeks post-op from a three-part surgery, breast explant, so removing my breast implants, repairing the muscle. The implants had been placed under the muscle, so I really, I'm a nurse and I don't even know what that's called. I'm calling it a pectoral repair. (laughs) And then also a breast lift. I had all of that done at one time at the Fang Clinic, Dr. Lujane Fang in Cleveland, Ohio. So three weeks post-op and I'm sharing with you not just my experience with the surgery, but I'm sharing with you my firsthand experience with breast implants, both before I noticed symptoms of breast implant illness and after. And I want you to know that I'm sure this episode was shared with you by someone you love, or you stumbled across it, or you're already someone who listens to be you. But this topic, I know this episode is going to be spread far and wide. And I want you to know, first of all, that no matter what I share, what matters most and what we talk about in this BU podcast, what matters most is what your intuition is telling you. Not what your friends are telling you, not what I'm telling you, not what doctors are telling you, not what your head is telling you, but your intuition, the true, true, wise, highest self, that woman, that energy, that life force. And even me saying this right now, you you probably already know what the answer is. Either you know these things are making you sick or that they're not good for you or you don't want them in your body and you're afraid to admit that because what am I going to look like without them? I like the way I look with them or what's the surgery going to be like or do I want to even go there? Or maybe as you're hearing this, you're feeling, you know, I still want them. <laughs> I still want them. Like I hear what she's saying. I still want them. And in my intuition, I feel like it's going to be okay. Or maybe your intuition is saying, this was the sign I needed so that I do not walk down that road. I'm going to learn to love myself as I am and figure out another plan. So this will land in whatever way it's supposed to land for you. And I am not attached to that outcome, nor should anybody who's sharing their opinion and their experience about anything. Right? We're in a world right now in this situation. Here we go again now with possible phase two of lockdowns and masks, et cetera. And we all feel so strongly about our opinion about that topic. And we're all pretty sure that we're right. And we need to honor the fact that everyone feels that way. So maybe there are some people who are ignoring the science and other people who are pretending to follow hashtag the science, but they aren't. You know, maybe there are people who are programmed and they're just listening to what their friends say or their family, or this is a cause they want to stand behind, whatever. It's all coming from these lenses that we're all looking through, several, several layers of lenses based on the experiences that we had as children, based on our history, based on our our lineage, based on all of our life experiences. And, you know, I see purple, you see red. And I'm pretty sure it's purple and you're pretty sure it's red. And it's so difficult. But with a topic like this today, just like the episode, for example, about divorce, talk about your experience in that purple zone or in that red zone 
and just give grace and understand that not everybody's going to see what you see. I, though, feel very compelled to share this story. I actually don't want to share the story. How do I feel compelled and not want to? Because my intuition is telling me that it's the right thing to do and that it will help people. But I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to give it any more energy. I did an Instagram live. If you follow me on Instagram, Jill Herman, be you. It's right there. I really don't need to say anything else. But there are people who won't see me on Instagram. We are in 80 countries now. Thousands of women all over the world listen to be you. And this is an important message. It's also an important message because like some other topics, it's being censored. The truth is being hidden from millions of women. Doctors are telling women that these are completely safe. Saline implants are fine. It's it's only the silicone implants that are bad. Or, oh, no, no, those women are crazy. It's all in their head. It's just like the diagnosis of fibromyalgia. It's really just a label we give to something that we can't back up with any sort of science. The manufacturers of these implants are money machines with a lot of connections, political connections, and a lot of power and a lot of money, just like Big Pharma. And they do not want women like me to speak out about our experiences with breast implants. So if you notice, you'll see influencers being paid, you won't know they're being paid on social media saying that they're safe and they're great and they feel fine. You will come across surgeons who will actually say that the surgeons who are removing them are crazy. Remember when we were told all over the news and all over social media that the doctors that were standing up for hydroxychloroquine were crazy? Their reputations were nearly ruined. They were slandered. People said that they were just out of their mind. They weren't even real doctors. They were actors. Forget what our opinion is about like the actual virus and vaccines. I'm just talking about hydroxychloroquine. Well, what's being said now? Oh, yeah, it's totally fine. It's safe. It actually works. Well, yeah, we knew that. Just like they are being vilified and they are being silenced. And just like I was in my former network marketing company, which has that same sort of groupthink cult-like energy. I was muzzled. I was censored. I was vilified. That's what's also happening with breast implant illness. No one is saying that every single woman who gets breast implants is going to experience breast implant illness. No one's saying that. But that's what they're trying to get you to believe. They want you to believe that that's what women like me are saying. No one is saying that. No doctor is saying that. No one is saying that. What we are saying, and and this is just my experience, right? But people like Dr. Lu Jin Fang, who was at like Harvard, I don't know, 16 years old. She's a microvascular surgeon and a plastic surgeon. She's operated on women from 45 different countries who have flown to Cleveland to have her operate on them. Pretty sure she knows what she's talking about. You know, she won't put implants in people. She absolutely won't do it. She does believe that everybody at some point will be sick. They just won't know that it's coming from the implants. And I'm not speaking on her behalf, by the way. I'm not quoting her. That's my deduction from what I've heard her say and what I've seen. I want to be very clear about that. I will have an expert on here Uh, next month. We have an expert who'll be coming on talking about the science and also talking to you about what's really happening. She's on the front lines and she is, in fact, go follow her on Instagram, the holistic beauty coach. She's on the front lines and she is fighting these giants and exposing truth 
and saving a lot of lives doing it. She helped me personally, and I'm so grateful, Amanda. So there's so much that could go into this conversation that has nothing to do with my experience in talking about the censorship and the vilification and everything else that's happening. It's scary. It's really scary. When you threaten the wallet, so to speak, of a huge manufacturer of a medical device, they don't play. They are not happy and they are not going to let you, quote unquote, get away with it without some sort of consequence. So what I've been discovering, I mean, I'm just a little of me, right? But there are people who have had death threats. There are people who, as I said, their reputations have been slandered. They've been slandered. Their reputations have been ruined because they have spoken out in support of women who are breast implant illness survivors, but also just saying that it's a real thing. So it's not something that insurance will cover, right? So it doesn't have a code that insurance companies will recognize. So there's no reimbursement. So women are paying out of pocket $15,000, $20,000 to have this surgery. And it's really unfortunate. There are a couple of great organizations out there. Uh, my new business partner, Akemi Sue, she has a foundation called The Heal is Real, helping women pay for breast implant removal. So explant surgery, A-K-E-M-I-S-U-E, Akemi Sue on Instagram. And as I already said, the Holistic Beauty Coach, and then she has a group called The Breast Team. You can find them on Instagram, and they are putting out such great information. Also, breastimplantillness.com is full of so much information, breastimplantillness.com. So there's nothing wrong with us wanting to look better. You can love yourself and accept yourself and feel very confident in your skin and still want to look better. Like, that's why I wear wear mascara. (laughs) Let's not vilify everything. I mean, as soon as you judge someone who has implants, look in the mirror. I mean, I'm pretty sure you worry about what you wear. You're not walking around naked. There's something I can point to that shows that you are doing something that is improving your appearance in some way, whether it's the shoes you wear or exercising or even if you wear no makeup, you wash your hair. Well, maybe that's not a good example because it doesn't feel good to have your hair dirty for a long time. But many of us as women, unless we are Amish, okay, we are doing something to improve the way we look. And that's actually a beautiful thing. That's, that's part of the divine feminine that there's something really magical about wanting to be beautiful. And I don't mean beautiful by someone else's terms, okay? I mean, feeling like your hair is attractive doesn't matter what that is though. It could be shaved. It could be long. It's, it's a you thing. But there's nothing wrong with a woman saying, you know, I want to look better. Now, if she's doing this from a place of wounding, which most of us are, I don't love myself. I'm not good enough. I am not enough. So I'm going to do this to make myself feel like I'm enough. Okay. It's a problem, right? And I think most women, if they're really honest, have not done this deep work that we talk about because they don't even know about it or no one's presented it to them or their life is working, right? So it hasn't even come into their awareness that they could or should do this. So most women haven't really dug deep enough to look deep down at what's driving them, like what part of them is really being expressed in this world. And so I personally do believe that most people getting implants are like I was. If they did the work, as we say, they would never get the implants. That's not a judgment. 
statement out of judgment. That's my opinion based on observation. That Does that mean, though, that a conscious woman who's done deep inner work would never get implants? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There could be a woman who's healed and processed all of her pain and trauma from every part of her life, inner child work, somatic work, everything you can imagine. She's Her life is working. She's fulfilled. She's grateful. She's spiritually connected. She's grounded. Everything. A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus. And she gets a boob job. It's not coming from wounding. It's just coming from, I just want that. It's just like, I want a piece of cake. I don't have to apologize for it. We had an episode, I think it was last week or so, on being unapologetically too much, being high maintenance. And that's said with a bit of sarcasm, that it's not a bad thing. So let's be really clear that we as women need to stop judging each other. If you see Sally out there with a triple D boob job, don't judge her. And that will be interesting for me now that I've had them removed. It's really interesting because now when I see women who obviously have implants, there's no judgment. There's a feeling I have like, I wonder what she would look like without those. It's really interesting. So anyway, I had my implants put in when I was really, really, really young. If you've listened to the podcast, you know that I had a just a tumultuous life, pain, trauma, just a lot of stuff. And so I got married very, very young, way too young, didn't even know who I was. And when I found out that my first husband, who I was married to at the time, was sterile because of chemotherapy after having a bone marrow transplant, I was angry. He had not told me that he was sterile before we dated and before we got married. He did not tell me that. And he knew. And so when I found that out, I was very angry. Angry at God, angry at him, angry at myself. I wanted children. I wanted nothing more in the world than to be a mother. And loved kids as I still do. I'm like a kid magnet. And one of the first thoughts I had after getting that news, as weird as it's going to sound, is, okay, fine. If I'm never going to have kids, then I'm going to go get a boob job. It was like out of spite. I was a very small I believe I was an A cup, maybe even smaller because I didn't love or like myself and I was full of pain and trauma and I was a perfectionist. I had body dysmorphia. I just picked myself apart and I never liked the fact that I had small breasts. I don't know why I was so self-conscious. One guy commented one time and I didn't even think about it. And after he made that comment, I was always insecure about it. And I had decided that after I had all my children and breastfed them, I would go get implants. But when I found out I couldn't have children, I, within days, made an appointment. And I bet you, two weeks later, I was under anesthesia, getting implants put in. So I went from an A cup to probably like a C, which sounds like a huge change, but it was like a maybe barely a C. It looked very natural. And I didn't get double takes. I mean, I loved them. I thought they looked great. No complications, extremely simple surgery, very easy recovery. And it's interesting because I remember my surgeon even saying, your body like took them really well. And they looked so good, so natural. It's like my body wanted them and I felt great. So we ended up being able to have children through scientific intervention and using a donor. And so I birthed three babies and breastfed three babies with the implants. Why am I sharing that with you? Because... First of all, now we're realizing that when you nurse a baby with implants, 
they're getting some of those chemicals and toxins from the implants. But the other reason I'm sharing that is to explain that in that process over those, you know, nine years of being pregnant, having children and nursing them for about a year each, my breasts got much larger because that's what happens and the skin really stretched out. And because of that, I looked even more natural. Like I remember going to a new gynecologist and he could not believe I had implants. He had to feel for them. He was like, what? So I'm sharing that with you to say that I loved my boobs. I loved the way they looked. I got a lot of compliments on them. They did not look fake. Nobody would have known I had implants. I changed down to nudies in front of many women in my former business because we would share hotel rooms and nobody believed I had implants. I would tell them later and they're like, what? I've had even women even touch them and go, are those seriously not real? I was in love with them. I felt so confident. I just felt great. And that's what I always wanted. So probably about maybe within the year or so of having the implants, I started having these episodes where I would feel like I was getting the flu and I would be so fatigued, I could not get off the couch. And it happened just like every so often, maybe every few months. And then at one point it was every month. And so every month at some point, I would just feel like the cord was pulled out of me, the power cord, and I would just like power down and I would lay on the couch. It would last about 24 hours and then I was fine. Swollen lymph nodes, low grade fever, body aches, you know, you feel like you're getting sick, like you're getting the flu, but then it would go away. So I was introduced when my oldest was nine years old. So nine, six, and three were my kids' ages. And I was introduced to whole food nutrition um, in a capsule, a product that a doctor introduced me to. And I started taking that. And within six months, all the symptoms I described were gone. And that was part of my story with that product, that that chronic fatigue, those symptoms just went away. And they really did. So then I went on feeling great for a couple of decades. (laughs) So I had um, my implants for almost 25 years and I felt fine and I mean amazing until two years ago. So I would say after 22 years of having them, I started getting the same symptoms again, exactly like I had a year after getting them. Fatigue, feeling like I'm getting sick, et cetera. But I also noticed some other things. Like I've always been very small in my frame and my weight. One time in high school, I gained weight my junior year of high school. But other than that, I mean, I was that annoying person. It didn't matter what I ate. It just didn't matter. I was always within like a couple pounds of the same weight. I've never bought a scale in my life and I didn't own a scale. I never used a scale and always fit into my clothes. Right after having babies, the weight would just come right off as soon as I stopped breastfeeding. And I was very small, like a size two. And I could have a hot fudge sundae and pizza and it wouldn't matter. Uh, I did eat really well for the most part, but my weight was always just so stable. And two years ago, I started just packing on weight, packing on weight. And I attributed it to, and by the way, I still think it's connected to this too. I attribute it to a lot of stress. You know, when you're stressed, your cortisol levels increase. And so you start packing on weight. And also I wasn't eating very well because I was, I was stressed out over something going on in my personal life. I started eating worse than I'd ever eaten. And because I was having a flare up of SI, sacroiliac pain on my left side, I could not be consistent with exercise without that flaring up. And then I also, the fatigue 
started coming back. And so I found myself gaining weight, but it made sense. I wasn't working out like I used to. I wasn't eating as great as I used to. I was highly stressed. And also by that point, I was 47. Of course, it's happening. But something didn't feel right. I thought to myself, this is really weird because I'm such a small person. Like, why am I gaining this much? And I remember someone saying to me, Jill, that doesn't make you gain that much weight. You know, so in 18 months, I gained 36 pounds. I started noticing my right hand would just like swell up, not huge, but just enough that I would notice it. My right foot. I noticed that I felt fuzzy in my brain. I felt like I felt years ago when I would get like a sinus headache, like a full, my sinuses were full and I would just be kind of out of it. And I wouldn't remember things like I was looking at Facebook and I couldn't remember my friend's name, my own friend. I mean, I talked to her every few days. I couldn't think of her name. And that happened pretty often. I also then started noticing that the flu-like symptoms went from every few months to about a year ago, it started happening a couple times a month. It got to the point where I was canceling conference calls. I was canceling appointments. I was canceling social plans. I was telling my husband, I'm sorry, but I feel like I'm fighting something I can't. I didn't realize I was saying that as often as I was saying it until my husband said, you know, Jill, you're sick a lot. And I got very defensive because I had always been so healthy and I always loved telling people I never got sick. And I was so consistent with my healthy lifestyle, even though I told you I was eating worse than I ever had, I wasn't eating as bad as most people. And I got very defensive and I said, that is not true. I never get sick. And he said, do you want to know what you say all the time? And I said, what do I say all the time? And he said, you say, I think I'm fighting something. I said, do I really say that? How often? All the time, like at least every few days. And I said, oh, that's not true. So I asked my kids and they all said, yeah, you say it all the time. You always talk about how you're fighting something and you're just getting over something or you feel like you're getting sick. And I just remember feeling just this shock because I truly wasn't aware of it. It was a complete blind spot for me. So I remember telling this to a friend of mine, Kelly Prohl. And she said, Jill, I think you might have breast implant illness. I said, I have what? And she said, it's a real thing because I have it and I'm, I'm having mine removed. And she put me in a Facebook group. And when I got into that Facebook group, I had the same response as thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of women all over the world. I just cried. Oh my God, it's the implants. Like every woman's story is my story. I feel like she's me. I thought I was the only one that had these symptoms and I didn't even know I had these symptoms until I just read what she said. They talked about the flu-like symptoms coming and going, the fatigue where you're so fatigued you cannot get out of bed. It feels labor-intensive to breathe. It feels like your arms are so heavy you can barely lift your arms. And it's just like, oh, it reminds me of when I had mono in college or when I had COVID a year ago, but worse. Not sleepy, fatigued, just this heaviness. It felt like everything moved slowly sometimes. Like I, I just couldn't quite grasp what was going on. The body aches got worse. In the last six months before my explant, it got worse and worse. And it didn't just happen more often. The symptoms were much more intense. 
So you may not be there yet, but I got to the point where a lot of women reach, unfortunately, where I felt at 49 years old, like I was what I would think it would feel like at like 95. Everything hurt. I was tired all the time, exhausted. I would have like one or two really good days and man, I would kill it. I would come in here and talk to you for the podcast. I would enjoy my life and then I'd go back to bed. And it's really like I get very emotional talking about how much time I lost in the last year, year and a half, two years. Because I would hate to see my life as a movie and actually see how much time it was because it was a lot. I missed out on so much. I missed out on time with my family, conversations, meals. You know, I would look out the window and I would see a babysitter with my sweet little grandson who lives with us. I so badly wanted to walk down there and just sit there with him. And I couldn't get myself to get out of the bed. It was too exhausting. Now, let me just clarify that the normal me is like the Energizer bunny. There's nothing wrong with people who like take naps and they're a little, you know, a little slower paced. And that's not me. I'm like a machine. (laughs) And so for me to be that exhausted all the time was such like an identity crisis for me and for my family, even my teenagers, friends commented to my son that like, what's wrong with your mom? Like some people thought I had cancer. I was always on the couch or in my bed. That's it. I was always in my sweats or my pajamas. And if I did get dressed, I couldn't wait until the afternoon to get my pajamas back on again. And then I would have great days where I would make meals and everything seemed amazing. And then I would be back in bed. So I'm sharing this because if you're hearing this and it's the first time you heard your story told through the voice box of someone else, I know how that feels. You are not alone. There are millions of women all over the world feeling this way. You might be listening going, hello, excuse me, it's not breast implants. That's called autoimmune disease. (laughs) I get it. So what happens is, and I'm not an expert, but it can throw you into an autoimmune response. Like you develop an autoimmune disease. You can actually at some point be diagnosed by blood work with Hashimoto's like my friend Kelly or other autoimmune diseases. There is so much inflammation in your body and your immune function is so compromised that if you don't get the implants out at some point, you can have irreversible damage. There is a rare form of lymphoma that they're now connecting to breast implants. And I was so sick that I wondered if maybe I had cancer. And I remember going and getting blood work and being prepared for whatever I was told. And it's interesting because there were certain markers that were out of whack enough that they did more testing to make sure I didn't have uterine cancer. I had a biopsy and ovarian cancer. And they noticed in my blood work that my there was thyroid interference or disruption, a bit of insulin resistance. So my blood sugars were being affected, which of course affects weight, et cetera, which also is connected to the ovaries. And so then my ovaries were affected. So my cycles were crazy and some of the other symptoms that happened just in the last six to eight months as I started losing a lot of hair. Now I have a lot of hair, like I'm a chia pet, right? I have a lot of hair, so I have a lot of hair I could lose before anyone would notice, but I noticed. If you're someone who's a shedder like me and you have a lot of hair, you know that you wash your hair and you'll have like a little clump that you ha- you have on the floor on the, on the shower wall. I know it's so gross, but that wasn't just a little bit of hair. It turned into, I literally would pull my hair, hand through my hair 
and I would have a clump, I mean, thick clump of hair. And I would be like, oh my God, there's more today than yesterday. And I wouldn't want to wash my hair. I remember crying to my husband because I noticed I had a receding hairline, especially on the left side, where there just wasn't any hair. And then right at the crown of my head, I had him run his fingers through and I said, tell me the truth. And he goes, it's really thin. My skin, I just had this sort of ruddy, gray, dingy look about me and a very exhausted look. And I remember my friend, I told you how much I love Beauty Counter and my friend Sam is my rep. And I I remember messaging her and saying, what is going on? Like, is it this product or what? And she's like, Jill, you've been using it for a year. I don't know what, I don't know. I had these bumps on my face that it looked like pimples, but they were so itchy. And it was on both sides of my face, along the jawline, up to my cheekbone. And it would just come and go. And it would just itch and itch. And I would get these bizarre dry patches like eczema, but I had never had eczema in my life. So I could, but I won't. I could go on and on about even more symptoms. But these, I had heart palpitations regularly, regularly. And I remember when I decided that it wasn't the implants. Do you remember that episode? Where I said, you know what? Just because someone else tells me the implants, it doesn't mean it is. I talked to four different psychics and they all told me, different intuitives told me that the implants are fine, that they're fine in my body and that I'm taking on, because I'm so empathic, I'm taking on the stories of all these other women in the Facebook group. And I have so much unhealed and unreleased trauma that once you start healing, you will start feeling. That's a real thing. Right. When you start healing, you start feeling and you can feel really sick. You can detox and feel very sick when you're releasing trauma and recognizing it. And so it made sense to me that it wasn't then the implants. So we talked so much on BU about following our true north, the path that is coming from the wisest and highest self, which is divinity, God, creator, spirit, Holy Spirit. And even though I was so sure it was the implants, and then I was so sure it wasn't the implants, why did I end up getting them out? Because I chose to quiet the noise and to tune into my own body and do what we talk about here and be a student of what we're teaching and learning here. And the answer was very clear. It was both. I asked my body. I asked God, I asked my creator, I asked the divine spirit within me, I asked my angels and my spirit guides, please, I will do whatever I need to do for my highest good. I just don't know what to do. Why am I so sick? What is going on with me? I assumed that because I wasn't getting an answer back from the Fang Clinic, that that was a sign. Not everything's a sign. (laughs) I read into everything, right? That was a sign that I wasn't supposed to have it done. No, I believe that the sign, that was a sign that I wasn't supposed to have it done then. I truly believe that God wanted me to figure this out and not just go and do it because people were telling me to do it, to really be sure so that as my coach, Christine Hassler says, that's a better come from. Instead of the come from being, well, everybody tells me it's this and I'm so sick, I might as well take them out. The come from instead was, I'm choosing to have these out. Whether they're the reason making me sick or not, I want them out. After 24, almost 25 years, they need to be replaced or removed anyway, and I'm choosing removal. That was my come from for the surgery. Now, after the surgery, I know they were making me sick, and I'll tell you why. 
But that's how I went into the surgery. And I recommend that if you choose this surgery, just as it's important before you choose implants, make sure this is coming from the best and healthiest place. Make sure that this decision isn't society in a Facebook group and other people telling you that you should, or people like me getting them out and you saying, well, now I feel guilty that I have them. I feel superficial. I'm not a real woman unless I take them out. Bullshit. That's not true. Not true. Having plastic surgery doesn't make you like less deep or less conscious or less of a woman. Not true. Do not let people tell you that. Again, person's telling you that and then they're going, you know, putting mascara on or putting a push-up bra on. They're doing things too. It just may not require anesthesia. (laughs) Okay. So if you're thinking about having this surgery, make sure your come from is coming from a place of power, awareness, that you are informed, and it's coming from your intuition, not from anyone else. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to wonder what you're going to look like afterwards. It's okay to wonder what your partner is going to think of you afterwards. It's okay to wonder all that stuff is fine. But if you're in your deepest place of truth, you know that these are not good for you, that your body doesn't want them, and that you want them out. I am telling you, everything else will figure itself out. Have you heard the saying, when the why is clear, the how-to appears? I say that all the time in business. I didn't make it up. I stole it. But it works for this too. If the why is clear, the how-to will appear. Don't, don't worry about that. We'll figure out how you're going to deal with what you look like later. But if you're sure deep down, even if you're scared shitless that they need to come out, they don't have to come out today. But I hope this encourages you to take a step forward to make that appointment. If people are making you feel like you should have them out and you're not ready, don't make the appointment. Don't plug your ears and look the other way. If you start having any symptoms that are listed on the breastimplantillness.com website, do not pretend it's not the implants. Most women develop some sort of autoimmune disease or symptoms of that, right? So my chronic fatigue symptoms. I had symptoms of thyroid disease. But you just might be noticing weird things like it's hard to breathe sometimes or your heart races and you wonder why or you wake up in the middle of the night with night sweats or your brain feels fuzzy. You just can't remember things sometimes. Just be in tune with your body. The other thing is if you do have implants and you're not sure if you're ready or ever want to have them come out, okay, I'm going to tell you right now, friend to friend, take care of yourself. You do not have a choice. You have these implants in you that are foreign objects and you need to eat clean. You need to hydrate and you need to release resentment and anger and you need to be happy and joyful and move your body. You got to do all the things, eat the kale, all of it. Because what I believe happened with me is that the stress that I was under, and I've talked a little bit about it on the podcast, right? The stress that I was under on top of the chronic just trauma and stress I had never processed from my whole life, and then having implants in for almost 25 years that should have been replaced, I believe that the dam broke, right? It was sort of the, what do they say? The straw that broke the camel's back was the stress I had in the last couple of years. And my body, which did well with them for a while, couldn't handle them anymore. And that's when I started getting the symptoms. So I did a heavy metal detox program with a doctor who is a friend of mine and I really respect him. He's doing amazing work in the world. 
And I, I didn't even do it super consistently. And I felt so good. All my symptoms were gone. I felt amazing. And then all the symptoms came back. And what my naturopath has explained to me and what my surgeon explained to me was that you were doing a good job there, but you had toxic implants in your body full of toxins. So you're detoxing with something toxic in your body. It's like when we talk about personal growth on BU and we talk about the stinky sandwich in the basement, like you've polished everything, everything looks great, 10 coats of fresh paint, new front door, but you've got shit sandwiches rotting in the basement, (laughs) right? So that's what was happening with me. So I told you that I was standing in the kitchen a couple of weeks ago and I told my husband, "I, I feel like I'm dying. And I had hit my breaking point. Well, the interesting story about having this surgery scheduled, I'll share with you really quick because it's just, you know, if you're not into the woo, you won't like this, but man, oh man, you can call it a God wink, whatever you want to call it, but it's undeniable. So I hadn't heard back from the clinic. I had called every month for eight months and I was really getting frustrated. I was like, this is bullshit. Answer the damn phone and then call me back. (laughs) And then I remember I was thinking, oh, it's a there's a sign. The reason this is the sign that I'm not supposed to do it. Got it. Well, then when I decided I was ready to have the surgery and I understood that they needed to come out and I really believed in my heart for sure that they were part of the problem for sure. I remember praying and I I remember where I was sitting and I just asked, I was actually where I am right now. I record the podcast in an apartment that we have downtown. We live out in the country with our kids with like zero bandwidth and horrible internet. So I work and do the podcast at an apartment and we have this couch that I'm looking at right now, really pretty blue velvet couch. And I was here doing some stuff and all of a sudden, whoa, the fatigue hit. And when it hits, it hits. Like there's no escape. It is like someone just pushes the off button on you. And I walked over to the couch and I'm like, oh my God, here it comes. And I'm laying there and I'm just sobbing. And I'm saying to God, I will do whatever I need to do. You, you have to guide me. Like you need to give me the most obvious sign here because I don't know what to do and I think they need to come out, but I'm not hearing back from this clinic and it's the only doctor I feel like I'm supposed to go to. Please help me. The next day, as sick as I was, and I mean sick, I felt awful. We had someone coming to our house to look at some design work and I didn't want to cancel it because I knew she wouldn't come back for months. And so I was in my pajamas and I'm talking to her and we're looking at fabric samples, et cetera, and my phone rang. Hi, is this Jill Herman? Yes, it is. Hi, this is Linda from the Dr. Lujan Fang Clinic. You've got to be shitting me. I'm thinking, there's no way. I just had this conversation with God the night before. Okay. She said, well, it's interesting because I apologize there's been a delay. We have your file right here. And if you want to proceed with the surgery, we can actually get you in and we could get you in in like three weeks. And I was like, uh, yeah. I put the money down right then, scheduled the surgery three weeks later, which was six weeks ago, went to Cleveland and had the surgery. So don't be afraid of the surgery. Every experience is different. Something interesting is that our bodies will form a capsule around the implant to protect our body, to protect our vital organs, to protect us from a foreign object. And that's a natural thing. It starts happening within weeks. And it doesn't take long for that capsule that our magnificent body has created to have its own blood supply. Like it's it's living tissue. It's crazy. So when you have the surgery, they take the implants out and then they remove the capsule. Remember, you need to get the capsule removed. 
And usually that capsule breaks into pieces because it's attached to you. Mine was attached to, I think, four ribs on one side and three on the other side. And so she had to pull every little piece of that from my ribs. So after the surgery, I was in the recovery room and I said to the nurse, it feels like, just feels like, uh, uh, she's like, like what? Like you can breathe? I said, yeah, it's like the air feels really thin. Now, mind you, after the surgery, I mean, they bind you up really tight, right? So you've got this ACE wrap on really tight around your chest. So it's around your lungs. Even with that, I felt like I had never felt before. I was like, the air is so thin. Have you ever had that feeling where you never knew that your nose was a little bit stuffed up? but then you smell like peppermint oil or you do something where all of a sudden, whoa, it almost hurts to breathe. Have you had that feeling? It almost hurts to breathe because so much air is getting in. It's like, whoa, that's how it felt to me. Well, I found out later, she had asked me in in the survey before surgery if I had issues breathing and I said, no, I have no issues. Are you sure? Nope, not at all. I just didn't know it, you guys, because it had been 24 years. I was so used to it. So she's doing a study right now and I'm in the study where she's measuring the you know lung capacity of patients before and after explant. And after explant, I believe that the vast majority of patients have improvement of like over 48% or something like that. Don't quote me, but something that significant, um, as did I. And so my breathing... It's like having a new life. I didn't know I couldn't breathe well until I could. So imagine walking around with like a belt around you, like really tight around your lungs. Think of how important it is. We've had episodes about the breath, deep belly breathing, expanding those lungs. How important is that for health, immunity, to fight inflammation, which is the cause of every illness and every disease in the world, whether it's a cold or cancer? What about deep sleep? What about stress levels? So I and many of you out there are walking around trying to be healthy and vibrant, but we have this huge handicap because we've had these things weighing down in our lungs. Now, you might say what I said. I was like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense because I have to understand everything. And I drive people crazy. I'm like, wait, I don't understand that. My implants were not that big. You cannot tell me that was keeping me from breathing. And she said, because of course, even though I'm a nurse, sometimes we take our nurse hat off. I think I left my nurse hat somewhere a long time ago because I'm so brilliant. I didn't realize (laughs) that the weight of the implant is one thing, but then you have the weight of the capsule, but that's honestly not all of it. You also have the fact that there's scar tissue and then those capsules that your body naturally forms that are stuck to your ribs. Well, what's in between your ribs? Intercostal muscles. Well, what's the purpose of those? The intercostal muscles have to expand and stretch for your lungs to expand and the ribs to expand, right? For you to take a full breath. So if you have those capsules stuck to those intercostal muscles, I'm picturing it almost like super glue. You're like super glued. So you're breathing, but you're not really breathing. It's like someone who puts a hearing aid on for the first time or glasses for the first time. You've seen those videos where people just cry. Because they're like, oh my God, is this what the world really looks like? And that's how I felt. I was like, this is what it feels like to breathe? Oh my gosh. 
This is amazing. So the recovery is different for everybody. My recovery, I was just amazed. I only used Tylenol and Arnica. And guys, I have a low pain threshold. Low. Like I don't like to be in pain. I'm like, everything's ouchy to me. I'm such a baby. I'm actually not a baby, but you know what I mean when I say that. I just don't like to hurt. And side note, you know where that comes from? Trauma. Yes, people with uh, traumatic backgrounds, trauma in their background, especially certain types of trauma will have an unusually low or an unusually high pain tolerance, but usually low. And that's me. So for me to tell you that I wasn't in a lot of pain right away is shocking. I wasn't. Tylenol and Arnica. Now it hurt, but not like you'd think knowing what surgery I had, because I also had a breast lift, right? They have to make an incision around the areola, right? And then straight down, picture a lollipop, the stick and the lollipop straight down from the nipple down to underneath your breast. So I have a a circle and then straight down scar. And then they capsules out, implants out. They repaired my pectoral muscle. That's a lot. And I was in pain, but it wasn't awful. You're going to leave surgery with drains. And I had two drains and then one wide drain. So that wide drain, one goes into each breast. And that's not fun, but it's not awful. So I was very fortunate. My husband, no medical background at all. He was so sweet. He emptied the drains every four hours and tallied the numbers. But you could do it yourself if you need to. I just didn't want to. I wanted to be taken care of. So we did that. And then you go back. I had to wait a full week. Mine were draining quite a bit. And you know, the more inflamed you are and the sicker you are, the longer you will be draining. So I had my drains removed after a week. I think it was seven days or eight days, something like that. Not fun at all. Yeah, didn't like that experience at all. But look, if you're going to get your life back, who cares? I mean, I was like, just do it. So we did that. And I was able to get a K laser treatment. So you can ask for those or find out where you can have those done. They did those. And she actually makes it, this is why I love Dr. Fang. She makes it mandatory. It's part of her protocol that you have to have the K laser treatments because you just heal so much better and you look so much better and feel so much better. And also hyperbaric treatments. Those are mandatory. You have to do three hyperbaric chamber treatments. And I did those right there at her amazing facility in Cleveland, Ohio. I stayed in a hotel with my husband for a week and then we went home and then we went back and then we went home. And then we went back for a two week visit and we went home. <laughs> and now we'll go back again at six weeks. Oh, but it was so worth it. So already I feel so good. My boobies are on fire right now. <laughs> I'm having nerve pain. That's not fun, but I don't want to scare you guys. It's not that awful. It's so worth it to have your life back. My husband was just said to me, I don't care what you look like. I want my wife back. Like I want my wife back. And it made me feel so good to hear him say that because he's, he loves boobs. <laughs> you know, they say guys are either into boobs or rear ends. He's always been a boob guy. And he's like, just like I would say to him and what you would say to someone you love, at the end of the day, I really don't care. Yeah, they're great, but I want you. And I'm so happy to be back. It's only been three weeks, you guys, and I feel amazing. Yes, my breasts are killing me. Yes, I have to clean them twice a day and rubbing alcohol, and I don't like any of that, and I can't lift anything, and I still have another month of restrictions. And I had two weeks of not being able to move my arms past little T-Rex arms, and that sucked. And I got my life back. I don't just not feel like I'm dying. I finally feel like I have my life back. I remember now, oh, this is what it's like to feel good. Oh, 
this is what it's like. The changes in my skin, go to my Instagram account, please. Look at the before and after, a week before the surgery and then less than 24 hours after the surgery. The week prior to surgery, I had a full face of makeup. I mean, foundation, eyeliner, the whole thing. And then look at me with a not an ounce of makeup right after surgery. Right after surgery, you really should look like poo, right? I mean, it's normal to not look good after surgery. I looked 10 years younger in that second picture. And I looked so much healthier. My eye color is different. The whites of my eyes are different. The skin tone is different. Look how much different I look and tell me that implants are not toxic. I was being slowly poisoned. And you know, in the movies when someone's being poisoned, I know you've seen movies like that. I look back and that's how it felt. It's like every day I got sicker and sicker and I couldn't figure out why. And then I got so sick that I didn't even recognize myself or my life or what health even felt like. I was ready to give up. I mean, I had a dream that I was laying in our backyard in a beautiful white gown and my kids and my husband were all around me and they were putting flowers on me and I was dead. And they were telling me how much they loved me and I was watching from another place. I was watching a ceremony they were having for me. I thought I was gonna die. My daughter is highly intuitive and in fact psychic and she had a dream and I was in a casket and there was a balloon above me and it said 52. And she said, mom, I really don't want to tell you this, but I had one of my visions, one of my dreams. And I said, what did it say? And she goes, do you really want to know? I said, yes. And she told me. She's like, if you don't do something, mom, you're going to die. And I believed I was. She said, your immune system is just going to completely stop. And I get how that might land for some of you. But again, this is my story. I believe that's where I was headed. I 100% believe that. And if you hear the stories of other women, you'll realize I sound like hundreds of thousands of other women. So I want to leave you with something really cool. I heard about a procedure that some surgeons do. I think there are only eight to 10 surgeons in the United States of America. I know many of you are in other countries, but in the US, I think there are only eight to 10 surgeons who are really, really, really experienced in doing a lot of explants with N-block where they take the capsule out. And uh, one of them is Dr. Brenner in the Beverly Hills, California area. And one of them is my doctor, Dr. Lujin Feng. And one thing they also do, and this is really cool, I know Dr. Lujane Fang does this. If you are a woman who is unhappy with your size of your breasts or the shape perhaps, or you have nursed children and they're just deflated, guess what? Are you ready for this? This is the coolest thing ever. You don't have to get implants. You can go to Dr. Fang and she will... <laughs> This is not a medical term, but she'll suck the fat out of you from wherever she can find it, inner thigh, what I don't know, rear end, hips, belly, and then she injects it into your boobs. I call it fix a flat. <laughs> Look at the pictures on her website. So some people do that. It's called fat transfer at the time of surgery. I'm no doctor, but I am a nurse. And Dr. Fang and her staff explained to me why that is not a good idea. No disrespect to the doctors who are out there doing it. I have friends who tell me that they have had that done, but I, I agree with Dr. Fang. It's too much trauma at one time and she needs an entire year for things to settle to see what she's dealing with and what she's working with before she's going to put the fat back into your breast after you've had explant. So I didn't have that, but honestly, I don't know if I will. It's really weird. I saw myself without 
Remember how much I loved my boobs before? I saw myself after the surgery and I was like, my God, they're cute. Like, oh my God, that's me. That's, wait a minute. That's how I was made. This is what I was supposed to look like. I forgot. I mean, I hadn't seen myself like that, you guys, for 20, almost 25 years. Can you imagine that? And I looked at myself and I, and my husband even said, I like you like this. I mean, this is, you look like really good. And he said, you know, it's nice to have the real you. Like, this is you. And one of the nurses even said to me, you said your podcast is be you. Now you really can be you. So are they perfect looking? No. And right after surgery, they're kind of lumpy and like there's a big dent up at the top from the implants. They did that to me and they're swelling and they're just like, and they'll fluff out as they call it and they'll settle and they'll just figure it out. Before the surgery, in keeping with the way we talk on BU, I will tell you something I did. Before the surgery, I was driving along by myself and I just talked to my breasts and I thanked them. And I talked to the implants and I thanked them and said, I don't hate you. I'm not angry. It's just time for you to go. Thank you so much for the confidence you gave me for so many years. I just don't need you anymore. My body is also telling me that you're not welcome anymore. And I appreciate you. And I know that sounds so weird to some of you. But again, isn't that what growth is about? Being willing to be weird, being willing to say things that may sound strange if they're right for you. That was right for me. And I I just did this little ceremony and this little prayer, like I think it was the day before the surgery and just saying goodbye to them and saying, I'm so glad I had you when I had you. And, you know, I'm excited to see what happens when I no longer have you, but thank you. And then after the surgery, I, the first time I could take a shower, oh man, was that amazing after not showering for two weeks. And I put my hands on my breasts and I said, I love you. I'm so sorry for what I did to you, but I didn't know what I know now. And I know you understand that. I was a young, broken, wounded, 22, 23-year-old. And I am so happy to be back and to have you back. And I'm so happy to be healthy. And I felt just this warm, beautiful sensation all over my body when I did that. And I think that's one reason my body is starting to look so good after the surgery. I think one reason is because the come from was a healthy place. And then the reception after the surgery was coming from a really good, healthy place. So just know that I'm sending you so much love. If you heard this episode from a friend, please share it again for someone else. Please tag us at BU Podcast, B-E-Y-O-U Podcast underscore. And feel free to message me there or at my account, Jill Herman BU. Share your story, ask questions, make sure you follow the holistic beauty coach because she's the one who's the expert. But I, I see you and I believe you. And I know that what you're feeling is real. But I also know that the heal is real. <laughs>